Amen. Well, I don't know if you don't have a Bible, there should be one in the seat in front of you underneath there. You can look around us a little bit. But Ezekiel 14, and I'm not going to have you turn to a lot of verses tonight, but I wanted to just mention a couple things before I uh, go into this PowerPoint. <clears throat> and uh, Ron, are, are we are we uh, video? Are we on YouTube tonight? Or yeah, we are. Jeff's giving us a thumbs up, so we're live. So if you're joining us online, thank you for joining us online and. Uh, uh, hopefully meet you in, in person sometime, but we're, we're glad you tuned in. And uh, do they put the uh, PowerPoint to where people online can see? Okay, so, all right, so you, they'll, they'll be able to see everything we see here and, and hear everything that we hear here, hear, here. All right, so uh, who's got Ezekiel fourteen fourteen? Well, wait a minute, I've seen Candace's hand first. So ladies first. Uh, you got to say it nice and loud, though. Sure. Just ask Justin if she can be loud. Though these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job, were in it, they should deliver but their own souls by their righteousness, saith the Lord God. Thank you. So these three men, that these, the Bible says that they're righteous men, and uh, this Noah, Daniel, and Job, and basically he's saying to uh, Israel something like, you know, even if you were as righteous as these three men, I'm still going to carry you into captivity. You're, you're still going to be overtaken by the enemy. And uh, so what I want to propose a little bit tonight uh, <clears throat> And uh, now let's all turn to 1 John. So these will be the two verses we're going to look at before we go into our uh, our video or our PowerPoint. But what I'm proposing uh, is Job, in a very real way, was attacked by the devil. If you remember, uh, God allowed the devil to kill his children, take all his possessions, give him, uh, you know, an incurable disease. And so in a very real way, uh, Job was attacked by the devil. And uh, turn to, it's 1 John, it's chapter 5, I think it's verse 4. And uh, these will be the two verses we look at. I want to do a study about Noah tonight that I think will be fun and uh, mostly light, but hopefully... Uh, and what, what kind of got me to thinking about this, First uh, John 5, I think it's verse 4. Yeah, uh, so Kevin, I know you wanted to read earlier. I'll let you read this one, 5, 4. <clears throat> For an angel went down at a certain season into no, the pool. No, no, 1 John. 1 John chapter 5. Oh, thank you. See it. And why he's finding that, uh, one of the things we're going to hopefully give you some clarity on is uh, the falsity some of, of evolution. And uh, a friend of ours uh, uh, has a relative that was taught evolution in school. I don't remember evolution necessarily being taught to me. 
uh, it was more subtle, just like, you know, the books you read, how millions of years old everything is, and the Iron Age and Stone Age and Neanderthal Man and things like that. And so I guess in that way, I, but uh, th- this person to this day has a difficulty uh, believing in God because he was taught evolution as a child. And so uh, I know this, uh, this, this little PowerPoint is about 20 years old. And I was present when this preacher gave it, and I, I kind of forget how I got this PowerPoint, but I didn't put it all together. But uh, I, I, and so I want to teach it tonight. Yeah, five, First John five four. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. So what, what I'm gonna Noah, just like Job, very in a real way, was. Uh, attacked by the devil, Noah, in a very real way, over. Shoot, I wanted my green pen. Uh, he overcame the world, and, and and that verse there says that faith is what overcomes the world, and so I think that is probably going to be the takeaway for all of us is for our strength, our faith to be strengthened tonight. Uh, and so, in a in a very real way, Noah overcame the world, didn't he? He he and his family literally survived a worldwide uh, flood and was uh, those eight people are the only one and it was his faith it was by faith he built that ark and uh, which enabled him and uh, to overcome the world and uh, I won't really talk about Daniel so much but these righteous men faced things that we face uh, whoop I meant to say uh, the world uh, and uh, in a real way, Daniel, if you remember Daniel, he was offered the king's meat, a portion of the Babylonian meat, and he refused it. So in a, in a real way, he overcame the flesh. So the world and the flesh and the devil, these are things that all of us fight against, right? These are things that are against all of us, the world, the flesh, and the devil, well, tonight we're going to kind of key in on this world, uh, and, and hopefully our our faith will be strengthened. So, uh, let me give this attention. There, this little PowerPoint has, uh, I think, like eighty-seven slides. So, I'm not real proficient with this, but let's see if I can do it. So, <clears throat> so one thing that this little slide points out. And the next one goes with it from Hawaii. Just a second here. Let me. Uh, there's 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 three of these that I want us to see. Let me get my papers together. Yeah, this is it. <clears throat> and I don't know if you can read that or not. But uh, let me let me read. I don't know if, if, if what I have matches up with that. But uh, there's approximately 270 stories in the world of the flood outside the Bible. That, that's pretty wild to think about, isn't it? Uh, just from cultures and historical, there's about 270 stories that describe. And, and I'm going to give you three of them here tonight. And uh, the first one, this one's from Hawaii. Uh, 
This says long after the death of Cunahana, the first man, the world became a wicked, terrible place to live. There was one good man left. His name was Nua. He made a great canoe with a house on it and filled it with animals. The water came up over all the earth and killed all the people. Only Nu and his family were saved. Yeah, I'm going to try this out. Uh, you can see see my little green dot? Uh, so you can see even that new from whatever language and things was handed down, is not too far from Noah. <clears throat> and then uh, there's a story from China. And uh, I'll read this. One ancient Chinese classic called The Hiking tells the story of Fuai, whom the Chinese considered to be the father of their civilization. This history records that Fuai and his wife, three sons and three daughters, escaped a great flood. He and his family were the only people alive on the earth. After the great flood, they repopulated the world. Yeah, I think I am reading what's on there, aren't I? So good. So, so these are stories outside the Bible about the flood. And then this one is uh, the Tolec uh, Indians of ancient Mexico. <clears throat> Found in the histories of the Tolec, or Toltec Indians of ancient Mexico is a story of the first world that lasted 1,716 years and was destroyed by a great flood that covered even the highest mountains. Their story tells of a few men who escaped the destru- destruction in, a, in that, which means a closed chest. Following the great flood, these men began to multiply and built a very high something or another or a great tower uh, to provide a safe place if the world were destroyed again. However, the languages became confused, so different language groups wandered to other parts of the world. And uh, the Toleks claim they started as a family of seven friends and their wives who spoke the same language. They crossed great waters, lived in caves, and wandered 104 years till they came to Huhutalapan, southern Mexico. Uh, the story reports that this was 520, 520 years after the Great Flood, and the Tolec Indians of ancient Mexico said the first world lasted 1,716 years and was destroyed by a great flood and only one family named Cox survived. And uh, I think this, uh, that 1,716 years, he makes a point here. This is kind of a, a longevity chart, and I know you can't see that very good. But um, it's kind of a, a record. I think the next, the, the Bible dates, puts the flood about 1,656 years after creation. So the Toltec legend is only 60 years off after 4,000 years. So that, uh, even their dating was, was pretty close to uh, lining up with the Bible, isn't it? So anyway, questions or thoughts? Yeah, I think the, yeah, the first one said that it was filled with animals. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So that's pretty wild. So anyway, uh, there, there's uh, 
external sources that support the Bible and Yeah, and, and that may be, that's a good point, Kevin. What do I do with my water, Angie? Aha. All right, well, let's, uh, so, so this, um, this slide points out that uh, Noah <clears throat> was, was the 10th generation from Adam. And you can see... Uh, At the very top, Adam lived to be 930 years old. So there's a, there's long life before the flood. And uh, I think there's seven men mentioned in the Bible that lived over 900 years. And uh, Methuselah that you see there was the oldest man. Does anybody remember how old he ended up being? Bob got it, 969. And, uh, and, yeah, 930, and, and Noah himself was uh, 950, I believe. Right, yeah. It was, uh, well, I, I don't, just because, you know, the, the, the evening and the morning were the first day. I mean, there, we believe in a 24-hour uh but yeah, I don't know if maybe they counted different. I think in the Bible it's pretty consistent. Um, let me uh, let me get situated here. I've got this uh, slideshow on my computer. And let me, uh, yeah, I'm going to try to keep up on my computer and see if I can keep up with what I'm clicking on. Anyway, uh, really neat. So so what this presentation hopefully will establish is this is one of the main things that uh, evolution does not take into account. Is, is the flood of Noah. <clears throat> and so a lot hinges on that. And um, so here's some common questions and answers concerning the ark. <clears throat> Why is Noah's ark called an ark? And the word ark simply means a box, and it's the shape uh, of the ship. Uh, why was the ark shaped like a box instead of a ship, you know, a U or a V? And he gives some reasons here, just fuel economy and speed were not considerations. Capacity and stability were considerations. Construction would have been simpler uh, if you built it as a box. And then it says, how long is a cupid? A cubit? Yeah, yeah, there's, there's actually three arcs in the Bible where Noah was, or uh, Moses was placed in an ark, uh, a little... And then uh, the Ark of the Covenant, and then uh, Noah's Ark. So uh, this says the length of the Ark shall be 300 cubits, the breadth of it 50 cubits, and the height of it 30 cubits. And it gives you the reference there. And it, it measures the tip of your fingers to your elbow. And 
you know, that can vary a little bit between, you know, even in this room, there's lots of, but uh, so this guy, I think he puts, I think he puts it at, most people go 18 inches, but I think he puts it at 20 inches. Um, Well, I think he measured it. I think most people could say it's 18 inches. Um, they, they say there's even a king's cubit that's 24 inches. So some people, it, it varies between 18 and 24 inches. I do know that. And I've, I've seen all three. Yeah, Ron, what are you thinking? Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's a good. Well, that's that's a different. There's a furlong, and there, there's different measurements in the Bible. But, um, but yeah, the, the span was uh, that from. That's a hand breadth, but then the span is like finger to thumb. I think. Yeah. That's how they measure horses, isn't it? What's that? A span? Okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of practical stuff. And um, in my profession, this, some of what I've done is uh, calibration. And uh, if you if you ever worked in calibration, you you've heard of NIST, NIS tree. It, NIST, it's the National Institute of Standards and Technology. So, I mean, there's museums with like the standard kilo, and there's, uh, you know, there's there's standards now. But uh, anyway, in, in the Bible times, there were uh, different units of measure, and it, it was, uh, you know, relatively consistent. So here it says, you know, how large was Noah's Ark? So it was around 460 feet. 75 feet wide and 45 feet high, and only in recent times has a ship exceeded this in size. And so this says, how did Noah steer the ark? Well, there was no rudder on the ark because there was no destination. They were just afloat, right? And nothing to you know, just dodge trees and anything that's floating. So this picture gives you an example. Uh, Noah's ark compared to the Titanic, so it was over half the size, uh, half the length of the Titanic. And so, yeah, within the last 150 years, there weren't, <laughs> right, we had, uh, yeah. So here's some other common questions that this uh, guy came up with. What was the capacity of Noah's Ark? So today's containers on ships are 8 foot by 8 foot by 40 feet. And so Noah's Ark could have held 545 such containers. It would have held 522 railroad boxcars. Uh, also, there were three decks on the ark, so there were probably an e of equal size in portion uh, to the ark's dimensions. So these decks, probably at least 12 foot high, would have had a surface area of almost 96,000 square feet. So well over two acres and well over the size of two football fields. So that gives you, I mean, it's pretty massive. Has anybody been to the ark thing over in, it's in Kentucky? Yeah, and I've heard just good things about it. But yeah, 
Yeah. So, uh, one of the things he says here I thought was really interesting. Um, let me see if I can keep up with my... Uh, so, couldn't have other boats sailed on the waters and survived as well. Uh, almost certainly many such attempts were made. Uh, small fishing boats or pleasure boats would have quickly capsized. Even if they did not, uh, they could not have survived for months without food and water. So uh, these are some questions that uh, this man's been asked, and he has given us some answers. How could Noah and his sons have built this huge vessel by themselves? So the Bible does not tell us that they did not hire skilled laborers, so that is a possibility. However, there's no reason to believe that they could not or did not do so by themselves. Uh, physical strength and size of man was almost certainly uh, greater back then. And then uh, he makes a couple other good points here I thought was good. Um, the mental skills, mental skills was almost also almost certainly greater as well. Uh, only 1,600 years of being under the curse of sin. And then he says, if a crew of men can frame even a large house in a matter of days, how much more could four men do in a hundred plus years? So by the time uh, God commanded Noah to build the ark, till the time of the flood was 120 years. So uh, at least a hundred of that was uh, given to building this ark. So, you know, Noah and his three sons, four uh, good, healthy, strong men could could uh, have easily done that. So this says Adam's descendants were making complex musical instruments, forging metal, and building cities. Uh, they had the right uh, tools to build the ark and were likely not that inferior to what we have today. So <clears throat> some of this, when when you get into the Bible, you you know if we're if we're thinking. It's been kind of, we're kind of conditioned to think that we're evolving and getting better, but in many ways we're devolving. And honestly, you know, uh, you know, th things uh, like you were saying, just preservatives in food, I mean, things that uh, have, have caused uh, health issues today. Were, anyway, there's, uh, once you start seeing that, that, uh, I mean, we're studying the book of Job in my class, and Goodness, Job and his three friends, it, it's hard for us to even understand what they're saying. Uh, and for them to just say these things about God and the universe and the nature, I mean, it's just unbelievable what they say. And it's hard for us even to comprehend what they're saying with all the modern technology and things that we have. So as, as we think about this, I do want to uh, drop that thought that uh, we, we are devolving rather than evolving so uh he says here's another question where is the ark today possible although not probable that nothing remains as it what has been about four thousand years ago and could have rotted away <clears throat> a possibility that it could be providentially concealed only to be revealed in god's timing during the last days as a reminder of past judgment And uh, he, he gives us, where is the ark today? Uh, Genesis uh, 8, 4 says, and I want to point this out, that uh, that the 
the, the ark, Noah's ark, it landed on the mountains of Ararat. Because uh, there's actually a mountain called Ararat, but there's mountains of Ararat. There's, there's more than one mountain there. And uh, so that, that's an important. Just like, uh, i trying to think. Uh, I mean, the Rocky Mountain, you know, Pikes Peak is one of the mountains in the Rocky Mountains, right? Um, okay. Yeah. So there's mountains of Ararat, and there's one peak called Mount Ararat. And so it's in the Middle East, and it's near Turkey. And uh, <clears throat> the Bible says that the ark rested in the seventh month upon the mountains of Ararat. Um, and so here's a map for us of modern-day Turkey. And uh, whoop, did I do that? Yeah. <clears throat> Stop poking my computer. It's on a different screen. So, so where's the ark today? Where did I? What did I do with the? There, that's where I was at. Uh, so that gives us a map. I guess it's advancing on its own. So this says uh, many expeditions have been sent. Some claim to have found pieces of the ark, yet no conclusive proof. Uh, the government of Turkey claims that. The ship has uh, already been found and built a visitor center next to it. Uh, well, you, you laugh, but 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 look at this. There there is some evidence here. Um, so some think Noah's Ark is on Mount Ararat. Uh, maybe it is. So here's a uh, yeah, I think it's a satellite image. And there's yeah yeah. So. Uh, here, here's a newspaper clipping. So the, the government thinks that uh, this ark is built, uh, and they built the visitor center. Uh, so one, one thing I would encourage you to do, uh, if you have time, uh, if you did a YouTube uh, search for Ron Wyatt. Uh, he is uh, uh, a credible archaeologist, uh, and he did a lot of exploration. And he's a, a spirit-filled man. I, uh, he has some. He's done a lot of things about the, the Red Sea crossing of of um, Moses, the children of Israel. So Ron Wyatt, uh, and he, he believes. Uh, that this may be uh, true, actually. And uh, so he's a credible source. So Ron Wyatt, uh, Noah's Ark, if you if you type in those words, you'll get uh, some good uh, information on that. <clears throat> uh, so we're, we're getting to some good stuff here. So questions concerning the Ark. How could the Ark have held millions of animals that we see today? And so we, there's some good answers here. Only land animals, uh, creeping things, and birds... And only kinds. Uh, <clears throat> think about that for just a minute. So some would debate whether insects would have been on board. And uh, so here's an insect. Uh, it says insects breathe through spiracles in their skin and not nostrils. So th this 
guy that put this together believes that insects were not on Noah's Ark and that they would have survived uh, having not been on it. <clears throat> and then uh, he goes on to say, the tremendous variety in species today probably did not exist back then, only the parent species. So uh, somebody, <clears throat> um, even though there's, hundreds and maybe thousands of species, they said it kind of comes down to about 200 kinds of animals. And so here, here's an example of dogs. This is, I can't uh, read it very good, but he highlighted some yellow ones. There's a Dutch hound and uh, different species, but, but they all go back ancestrally to one dog, right? So Rather than have hundreds of different kinds of dogs, they would have had a male and female dog. Uh, and then of the clean animals, they had seven of each kind, and some of that was for uh, sacrifices. So, yeah, Bob? Oh, yeah? Uh, hey, turn this other mic on, Ron. You want to go back? Yeah, uh, let's see that. if I can go back. I did. Yeah. That, I believe, is a bombardier beetle. Okay. And that's something that's very hard to explain evolutionarily. How it evolved. To... Yeah. How could a insect evolve to mix certain chemicals together in its abdomen and cause them to spray out at over 200 degrees. Wow. How could you evolve? Yeah. The mistakes wouldn't live. <laughs> right, right, right. Only, only the finished product right. would, would live. Right, yeah. Yeah, this, because you have, you know, two-thirds of a car doesn't mean you have a car that will run, do you? I mean, so, yeah, so it has to be made as a whole unit. And so that's a good point, Bob. Thank you, brother. Uh, so, anyway, does that make sense? Any other comments? Was somebody going to? So, is this interesting? Okay. You know, we're we're more teaching and learning tonight, and uh, hopefully there'll be some things here toward the end that'll help us in discussions. I don't I don't know if I've really talked to uh, evolutionists personally, but. Uh, Anyway, hopefully this will equip us a little bit. Uh, so the accepted number, a minimum number of animals on the ark ranged between 16,000 and 35,000, not millions. So it's speculated that only 146 rail cars or 28% of the ark's volume would be needed to carry the animals. Uh, that leaves 72% of the ark's volume for food, water, and living quarters. So that's, that's I, I, I didn't know that before I looked at this. So where were the dinosaurs on the ark? So we're, we're glad you asked. Uh, most reptiles, including dinosaurs, are not that large. It says most scientists agree that the average dinosaur size was about the same as that of a horse. The biggest dinosaur egg ever found was about the size of a football. And he gives a couple of good things here, I, I think. Uh, the Bible does not say that Noah brought aboard full-grown animals. So almost certainly, 
They brought babies of many kinds, including dinosaurs. So why? Why bring babies? Well, they're smaller. They weigh less. They eat less. They sleep a lot more. They're tougher. And after the flood, they will live longer to produce the offspring. So that's why he brought, you know, instead of bringing in, you know, a male and female Tyrannosaurus rex, you know, bring in, bring in, you know, uh, thoughts or questions about that? I mean, these are things maybe you've thought of that I think these are practical answers, aren't they? So, I mean, we believe in dinosaurs. And, you know, uh, <clears throat> I mean, we, we obviously have remnants. We have crocodiles and, uh, you know, there's sea creatures and there's things that are modern day what we would call dinosaur, but you, you know, uh, <clears throat> the thing about reptiles, I don't know if this is true about all reptiles, but uh, all of us have seen uh, like a snake will shed its skin, and, and that's because it's getting bigger, and they say that reptiles get bigger their whole lives. I've, I've heard that, <clears throat> and so it, it makes sense that uh, <clears throat> before the flood, uh, we believe the atmosphere was different. I mean, people were living longer. Reptiles lived longer. So if you got 900-year-old people, you may have 1,000-year-old animals, and they're just getting bigger their whole life. So after the flood, uh, maybe these same dinosaurs just didn't get as big because uh, they didn't live as long. The atmosphere is different. The, the eating's different. And uh, anyway, there, there's, there's reasons and, and thoughts behind all this. And so, uh, anyway, it's just neat to consider all these things, isn't it? So, how long were Noah and his family on the ark? And this page and the next, I think there's some 17 mentions of dates during the flood. You know, they'll say this month this happened, and and then this long, and the 10th day of that, and the 17th of that, the flood started, and it did this that that many days. So. He gives several references here, but if you look at the bottom there, from beginning to end, the flood lasted one year and ten days from Genesis 7-11 to Genesis 8-14. So, uh, so the flood was on the earth, so even though it rained for 40 days and nights, uh, there's other waters from the deep that uh, came up, and uh, I think it basically began to abate about 150 days into it. And so, uh, uh, the, so this is the second reference. The other reference I have is uh, from Pastor Jeff Adams, uh, calculated uh, 370 days, and so that's pretty much a year and ten days. To be if you count a 360 day year, so uh, so two different references I have. So I think that's an accurate. So a little over a year from the time it started flooding until. The waters were abated and dried up enough to get off the ark. Uh, so, anyway, it's time for uh, everybody with their little uh, canoes. Did, didn't make it, did they? Yeah, Kim. Yeah, and uh, the Bible words for it in our, in our King James is. Uh, creeping things there were creeping things on the earth that that is the reptiles and uh you know uh we're actually studying uh, uh, job 39 this week 
in our class. And the Bible talks about unicorns. There's, there's seven different references, uh, nine. There's nine references to unicorns in the Bible. And uh, chapter 40, I think chapter 40 is where it talks about behemoth. That's some kind of creature. And uh, Leviathan is more of a sea creature. So there are, uh, the Bible even talks about centaurs, like uh, it's more of a demonic a thing from Isaiah 34, I believe. Uh, so anyway, uh, oh, did that answer your question kind of? Uh, so yeah, I mean, there's obviously fossils of dinosaurs, so there were dinosaurs. We had... So uh, <clears throat> do, you, do you know, uh, I mean, I, I grew up on a farm and I've seen a good many animals that have died and uh, if we didn't drag them to the ditch, they they laid where they were and they, you know, bloated and then they decayed and or something ate them and, you know, within six months they were completely gone. But the reason we find uh, fossils is, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, if animals are seeking cover from this great deluge, this great rain and uh, you know they're they're going into low places and valleys and uh, there's mudslides and they're getting they're dying, being compressed so there's there's weight of the earth and so they're in a, a perfect so they fossilize really quickly, and uh, so that there's there's really you can prove that that things fossilize really quickly and uh, I don't know if I'm saying all that right. What are you saying? Yeah, yeah, the pressure plays a part. So there's a vacuum of air and uh, the pressure of the sediment and uh, thing it, it fossilized pretty quickly. So uh, did you have you been to that ark exhibit? I bet you would. I bet it would explain some of that better than I am. And I, yeah, I haven't. We need to do that, don't we, Ange? Uh, okay, so where did all that water come from? And so uh, it gives two places in the Bible. One is the windows of heaven. And the other is the fountains of the great deep. And um, so, you know, you know, they estimate that if it just rained only to, to have enough water to cover 15 cubits above the highest mountain, like the Bible says, so if, if Mount Everest is, uh, you know, 28,000 feet tall and 15 cubits above that, uh, 45 feet or, uh, no, 24 feet. But uh, they said it would have to rain, I think it's either six inches a minute or six inches a second to make that much water. But we know that some of the flood waters came up from the earth, and it tells that a little bit. So the rain was upon the earth 40 days and 40 nights. So that's. That's, and and uh, you know we we study a little bit in our uh, D two class about numbers in the Bible and forty is always a number of testing and uh, you, you'll see that uh, you know even Jesus fasted for forty days and forty nights we we see it rain for forty days I mean this God was uh, testing and proving uh, uh, the people of the earth here and and this fountains of the great deep. Uh, he gives a a definition here. 
um, the the abyss, surging massive water, especially the deep main sea or the, med, the subterranean water supply. So it, it was like a subterranean seawater that comes up. So the fountains of the deep or the great deep and the deep are found throughout Scripture. The various phrases uh, and take on different connotations in Scripture, most often referred to in the context of oceans and possibly even subterranean seas, but can possibly refer to outer space. Uh, in any of these instances, waters are involved. And uh, I didn't think that was going to... Let me go back. So uh, let's see. It may talk about this here again in a minute. So I thought this was a really good chart. Uh you know, between <clears throat> we, we've we found that the most uh, accurate uh, Bible dating is by a guy named Bishop Usher, and so if you have a old Schofield Bible, um, uh, you've got Usher's chronology at the top of your Bible. Does anybody have one of those? Uh, Bob has one, and and. Uh, I've got a Ruckman study Bible, and it, it's got the dates on it. So uh, uh, Bishop Usher, I mean, and, and I've actually done this myself. I've counted, and you kind of start at Genesis in uh, chapter uh, 5, and it gives a lot of the genealogy, and this guy begat that guy, and uh, you, you can count the years. <clears throat> and so he dates Adam and Eve being in the garden about 4,004 years before Christ. So Christ was born of a woman. Uh, uh, you, you know, uh, we we live in 2023 uh, A.D. Right, and that that's a Latin word for Aminio Domini, and it means the year of our Lord. So even secular world dates time from Christ's birth. We live in 2023 A.D. Uh, some people just say after death, but it's Aminio Domini. It's Latin for the year of our Lord. And uh, <clears throat> so uh, Adam and Eve lived about 4004 B.C. Uh, that's before Christ. <clears throat> and uh, so there was about 17 or 1600 years. And he puts a little question mark here. We, we don't really know the population of the world, but... Uh, I've heard it could be between one and seven billion people. It could be almost as much as today, uh, people living that long. Uh, but anyway, uh, nevertheless, uh, after the flood, there's only eight survivors. And so that was a, that was about uh, 22, about 2,200 years. Uh, uh, there's the birth of Christ. <clears throat> And so at the time of Christ, and I think this is a pretty common uh, number, there's about a quarter of a billion, so about 250 million people lived on the earth at the time of Christ. So it took, you know, 2,000 years to get to 250 million people. And then from the time of Christ, really till 1800, uh, it, it took... It took uh, over 1,800 years to get from 250 million to 1 billion. 
And then you can see, you know, it just grew, you know, then it took 130 years to get to 2 billion. It took 32 more years to get to 3 billion. It took, I didn't count those years, 15 or 15 years to get to 4 billion. And then 8 years to get to 5 billion. And then it looks like it took 15 years to get to 6 billion. And and we're over 7 billion now. Aren't we getting close to 8? And so I think they estimate by... 2050, it'll be over 10 billion if, you know, the Lord tarries. So, uh, anyway, that's kind of a neat chart. Did, any any thoughts or, uh, anyway, all this, I mean, some of this helps us date the time of the flood started at, you know, when the Bible says it did, yeah. Yeah, so uh, we know that in the in the law of Moses that it prohibits incest, and and we have laws against that today. Uh, but uh, before the law, uh, of course, uh, in fact, the Bible says you know it only mentions that Adam and Eve had Cain and Abel, and then Seth. But uh, if you read in chapter five. They had many sons and daughters, it, and so, uh, so yeah, they they did intermarry within their family, for sure. That, that's yeah, yeah. The gene pool wasn't corrupted, was it? It was more pure. That's a good way to say it. So, yeah, no, that's a good question, Kevin. Kevin asked the heart or the questions everybody's afraid to ask. What a yeah. Yes. Right, only a mist came up. Yeah, we we think it's kind of a terrarium effect. I mean, they they found tropical fossils in you know Antarctica. I mean, we we think that the world was more of a of a terrarium tropical paradise uh, all over. So, no, that's a good. Comment too. So let me go back see if I Earth's population growth curve. Be fruitful, multiply. The growth rate immediately after the flood. Uh, Middle Ages was much lower. There's a Black Death. 250 to 300 million people at the time of Christ. That's 0.75% growth rate, doubling about every 92 years. Okay, so now this. This is where I think is pretty interesting. Um, <clears throat> they they've showed that I mean the Mississippi River is the third biggest river in the world. Uh, the Amazon's bigger, and I think the Nile's bigger, but the Mississippi's third, and it deposits about eighty thousand tons of silt or sediments per hour, day after day, year after year. And uh, so what, what, what this shows, this is at New Orleans, and uh, you can see that that, um, you know, that's the Mississippi River. And you can see how this has, this little tentacles growing and growing because they're getting 80,000 tons of silt an hour. Uh, and so his comment, and, and I was there when he was teaching this, is just that, 
you know, if the earth is millions and billions of years old, why isn't all of Canada in the Gulf of Mexico? You know, but the size of New Orleans puts you back, you know, about to the time of flood. And so th this geography and, and things in nature uh, fit with the nature's. Now, I gave this uh, test in class. How old do you think the oldest tree in the world is? You know, because you were in my class. About 4,000 years old, right? It goes back to the time of the flood. This is, uh, I think there's another picture of it. That says it's a 4,300-year-old tree. And it's kind of it's kind of hard to, uh, it's the world organism. So, these these are things that I I just th I think this is cool I just love this when nature and uh, things and uh, you know they they say that uh, archaeologists and this this was probably when I first got saved I read that I think it's in the Haley's Handbook of the Bible uh, says that archaeologists have only uncovered about five percent of the Bible's histories. I think that's it's probably closer to 10% by now. But there's no archaeologist archaeologist evidence that ever goes against the Bible. And so I, I just think that it's really cool. So so this this guy that uh, put this together, he's the world oldest tree, the um, the Mississippi River Delta, and he, here he goes back to a children's book in 1959. And it says there's just deep gray dust, dust, dust on the moon. So this is a children's book from 1959 before we went to the moon. And uh, there's the wording from it. And then when the moon landed, you know, there was just about a half inch of dust on the on the moon. It, it says that they made their ladder about 18 inches too, too short. So the guy, that's why it was, you know, a big step to get down off from it. They, they, and so what they've calculated is, is that, you know, it, it again, it's kind of a of a young Earth, uh, young creation uh, evidence. I mean, they would have thought after millions of years there'd be feet and you know and yards of dust on on the moon, but it was just like a half inch thick. So there's this astronaut measuring it. Um, now here's another one, and th these are these are things that you just don't or I don't think about. Uh, does anybody know where the Great Barrier Reef's at? What was it? Australia, yeah. VBS, okay, yeah, uh, Roger. <laughs> That's a good question. What, what's the answer? It's the rover, isn't it? The moon rover, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> if you don't know Roger, he, he's a, he's this common guy, but he's a deep thinker. He'll, don't let him fool you. He's uh, <laughs> uh oh, I I work with Roger, so Roger, you're going to be in a fight by the time I see you tomorrow. Uh, so this Great Barrier Reef from Australia is a coral reef 
And uh, what this is going to say is that um, the uh, part of the reef, reef, hard to say, was damaged during World War II. And so uh, people started studying the Great Barrier Reef. And they, dis- they discovered that it's less than 4,200 years old. They just they start they studied it for 20 years. Uh, I don't see all the wording here, but they studied the coral and they they kind of calculated based on the growth of this reef that it's less than 4,200 years old, about the time of the flood. That's cool, isn't it? Uh, I'm going to kind of skip past these next one uh, just because I'm a little bit ignorant of it. He's showing here that uh, different planets rotate different directions in the Earth. Uh, he talks about Jupiter's cooling off. He's talking about Saturn's rings here, and uh, he's saying that they can't be billions of years old based on their instability. So uh, I'm not sure about all that. And the Earth's magnetic field is getting weaker and it's decreasing. And so if it, if it was, you know, millions and billions of years old, you know, it would have slowed down or something here. Um, and it's saying that carbon dating cannot be accurate past a few hundred years. Now, this one was uh, kind of interesting, too. Oil wheels, oil wells can have up to 20,000 PSI. But it says the rock can only hold that pressure for 10,000 years or less. Uh, or else it begins to kind of crack. Now, this was, he throws in a little bit of humor here. Um, so, the debate is... Are the days in Genesis literal days or millions of years? And so he says, to begin our debate, each of you will have one hour to present his point of view. And that is a literal hour, just in case one of you would want to interpret it into a longer period of time. <laughs> Roger, I think that sounds like something you would ask. Uh, here's some evidences for the floods. And this is from Psalm 148. Uh, Praise him, ye heavens of heavens, and ye waters that be above the heavens. And so there's some uh, extra, uh, there's some uh, celestial waters that be above the heavens. And we've talked about that in our Job study. So here's some other common questions about the ark. Why? Nope, I think think we duplicated some of this. trying to think I, I don't know if I want to go through I, I want to do a little bit more study here I'm trying to think if there was some more there's some water vapor sir I think he's got some extra slides in here that wasn't part of his this is saying uh, this is a uh, scientific uh, book called the panorama of creation and it says there's unimaginable volumes of water in the space between the stars. And here from Genesis, uh, God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. And I think that the next verse says that they call that firmament heaven, uh, the, the second heaven. Yeah, God made the firmament and divided the waters from which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so. I think some of the, now this, uh, so what he does at this point, uh, 
I think he points to 1963. Is that when they uh, maybe begin teaching evolution, or is that more when uh, they took prayer out of schools? But he, he's starting to show some statistics here that he believes are resulting from. And, and again, th- this was taught in 2001, so this is a 20-year-old thing. But he, he's showing that unmarried couples living together have increased uh, that much since 63. And he goes through several of these uh, divorce rates since 63. Uh, he's got... His uh, references there down below. Uh, sharp rise in divorce rates, birth rates for unwed girls between 10 and 14. That seems really young, years of age. But they've gone up exponentially almost out of wedlock birth as percentage. So what he's showing is uh, from our, uh, I don't know if this is probably from the United States, uh, just the increase in sinful type things since the introduction of more uh, evolution type thoughts and the decrease of, you know, Ten Commandments in the courthouses and prayer in schools. And uh, you can show the decrease of SAT, uh, SAT scores since 63. It's went way down between 63 and 2000. Uh, teen suicide rate, I would like to see what it, I mean, it's way more now. Um, yeah, I mean, whether it be accidental or intentional. Um, I don't see, he's got a percentage there, but again, he's pointing to 1963 uh, as a time that uh, we're leaving God out of our country. <clears throat> and um, I was born in 61, so this is all in my lifetime. Violent crimes. Boy, uh, that would be off the charts today. And then he, he makes this comment, and let's uh, let's all turn our Bibles to Second uh, Peter 3. And uh, this might be a good good place to wrap up tonight. <clears throat> So let's all go to Second Peter chapter three, and this, in a very real way, is is a reference to uh, evolution. So Second uh, Peter three. <clears throat> let me go back. Uh, in verse 3, and the Bible says here, uh, Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts. And here's what they say in verse 4, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. And... Uh, I would argue that uh, this chapter, th- this is kind of the context of this chapter, is he's talking about creation. And he says scoffers are going to say, you know, where is the promise of his coming? Everything's continuing as it always was. And, uh, you know, when I was first saved in the 1992, 
I'm trying to think. I got saved in March of 92, and in, in no, uh, October, maybe it was November of 92, I got into maintenance, and uh, and so I'm, I'm in the maintenance uh, field at my job. I do refrigeration work uh, primarily, but I, you know, I was beginning to setting it at the lunch and break tables with a bunch of maintenance guys, and uh, you know, some maintenance guys, uh, my boss said they were pretty colorful. They're, they're you know, foul mouth, kind of. Uh, bigger than life, and uh, I remember one guy just, you know, we were, we were talking about something going on, and this was 30 years ago, something going on in, in, in the world, and, and this, you know, big burly, uh, you know, uh, self-described lost person would, he said, well, man, it, that must, we're in the end times. I mean, that guy, that guy out of his own mouth, and I'm like, wow, I, you know, I just got saved, but I think you're right, I think these are the last times. And so that was, you know, 30 years ago, and we would think things are pretty mild back then uh, from today. And so, uh, <clears throat> but scoffers say, you know, where is the promise of his coming? So these scoffers are saying, you know, they believe in evolution. Everything's continuing as it was from the beginning. Uh, that's what that verse said. And so the, these scoffers are ignorant of, of three things. Uh, one creation they're saying that everything's begin uh, are like it was from the beginning and and they're ignorant of the flood because the flood did change things things before the flood are not like things after the flood and then they're ignorant uh, of his coming and and so that that is what we need uh, when when I went through uh, uh, shepherd school uh, it was like a four-year bible thing I remember they, they said, what we believe about end times should affect the way we live today. And uh, I bet everyone here would, you know, if I said, do you think we're getting close to the end? We would probably all say, yeah, I, I do think that. We, yeah, we, we've lived long enough. We've seen some things. And, um, but if we, if we live like that, uh, we know there's a judgment coming. And uh, so uh, we, we want to finish well. We want to finish strong. And in, down in verse 10, it says, But the day of the Lord shall come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens sh- shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with a fervent heat. The earth uh, shall be burned up. And so he, he says that, that yellow is the big bang, this great noise. So things, God created things. The big bang did not create things, but things will end in a big bang. And so he, he leaves us with this thought, what on earth are you doing for heaven's sake? And so that's a good question, isn't it? That's uh, kind of sobering. Uh, and then there's one little joke here at the end. It's like a birthday cake for Methuselah. He's 480 year old, and he says, how does it feel to be middle-aged? So, cause, so uh, I think, I think that's, that, that was the end of it. So... Uh, any any thoughts or questions? I do have just a couple of things about Noah I wanted to mention before we uh, ended tonight. Yeah, good thought, Kevin. There's 
so so brief time. So so Noah lived 950 years, and the flood happened in the 600 year of his life. So he lived 350 years after the flood. But uh, one of the things that's good to point out is, uh, even though God told Noah the flood was coming, no one knew the time and the the day, did they? Uh, it, um, but but God's people knew that uh, it was coming. It, God had prepared His people. He said, "There's a flood coming." And uh, we said that Noah was the tenth from from uh, Adam. Do, do you, does anybody know who the seventh from Adam was? It was Enoch. And uh, Enoch was was translated. The Bible says that he walked with God and he was not, for the Lord took him. And so uh, I think that's a good thing to point out is that Enoch was uh, basically raptured. Uh, Hebrews said he was translated, that he did not see death. And uh, if we're, you know, if we're driving on the way home tonight and the rapture happens, we're going to be taken, aren't we? And we'll, uh, we will we'll not be. We'll, and so, uh, so it is with Christ's second coming. Uh, we're going to be raptured out before, uh, you know, the tribulation period and the, the time of judgment that, that Revelation talks about. So the same thing's true. Enoch was taken away before the flood took place. I think that's pretty cool. And, you know, one of the signs that it says in Matthew 24, it says that people were eating, drinking, and marrying, and giving in marriage, uh, at the, and so when you when I when you first read that at face value it looks like well kind of like today people are eating they're drinking they're getting married they're giving in marriage but uh, I, I think if you if you read like Enoch's account of the world back then uh, there's uh, there's implication of uh, uh, gluttony in their eating there's uh, alcoholism in their drinking and there's corruption in their marriages. And so uh, this eating, drinking, marrying is uh, not necessarily a good thing. And uh, like like Rex had mentioned, it had never rained on the earth before the flood. And so it's it's just like, you know, Christ hasn't ever come back in our lifetime. But uh, just because it had never rained, that uh, doesn't mean that it didn't rain. And just because, I mean, we'll be, we'll be able to look back on this like you're saying, Kevin, it's just a short time and. Uh, the Bible does say right before the flood that uh, the earth was corrupt and it was filled with violence. And it says, uh, uh, let's see, I'm trying to, now, uh, let me read my note on this. Uh, I wanted to say something about the mountains of Ararat. Yeah, I remember what it was. I don't know if anybody can has like a, a Bible, but uh, uh, Ararat, it, it, that word means uh, curse reversed. And so if, uh, if you can see that, but just the word Ararat means curse reversed. And, and, uh, that, that's kind of what happens uh, when the Lord returns, isn't it? That uh, 
it'll be uh, the, the millennium will happen, and it'll be more of a paradise earth, and the lion will lay down with the lamb, and uh, the child will play with the adder and not be uh, bitten. And so, anyway, just uh, I thought that was a cool thing that uh, I looked up one time. And uh, how many doors did the ark have? It just had one, didn't it? And uh, there's a lesson there, isn't there? And that's what Christ said. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by him, but by Christ. And so uh, I thought it was also interesting that uh, the Bible says in Genesis 7.16 that when they entered the ark, the Bible says the Lord shut them in. The Lord closed the door. And so, uh, you know, we're, we're not... Uh, And he, and he and they sealed them in there. Yeah, so um, God is able to open a door that no man can open and close a door that no man uh, can can close. But let me just give you a couple examples of um, from Noah. <clears throat> so Noah <clears throat> was the only uh, savior of the world physically, uh, just like Christ is the only savior of the world spiritually. Uh, Noah's name means rest. And so uh, uh, Jesus invites us to come unto him and he'll give us rest, doesn't he? And that's what Noah's name means is rest. That's so good. Those that refused Noah's message were uh, and rebelled were destroyed by water. And those who refuse Christ and they rebel against him, they'll be destroyed by fire. Because God promised never to destroy the the world again by by water. <clears throat> so Noah built an house to the saving of his household, and Christ said He will build His church. So Noah built this ark that saved his house, and Christ said He will build the church, and uh, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. <clears throat> and like Roger said, uh, Noah sealed the ark with pitch. And Christ seals believers with the Holy Ghost, doesn't he? He said he sealed us into the day of redemption. So God's put a seal on us. Uh, we're, we're sealed into the day of redemption. The time he comes and gets, he's going to, he's already purchased us, he's redeemed us, and he's going to come back and get us. Uh, all that were not on the ark perished, and so that all that are not in Christ will perish. And then uh, Noah sent forth a dove from the third level of the ark. He's at the top of the ark. And uh, so Jesus, he sends forth the Holy Spirit, which is pictured as a dove from the third heaven where where, uh, he's at the right hand of the Father. So there's some neat stuff about the dove. Um, You know, he he sent a raven first, and and the raven never come back. That's a a black bird, the type of the devil. The, the raven left the ark, and uh, uh, but it's neat that uh, the dove did come back with the olive tree. But when he sent it forth again, it, it didn't come back. And so there, they're just pictures and, and types here of of a lot of things. It's more than just a story when you get kind of below the surface. Uh, and after the flood, uh, Noah, uh, God has Noah implement a human government. 
And after Christ returns, uh, it says, the, of the increase of his government, there will be no end. Um, trying to think. I think I'll just kind of maybe hold up there. Uh, the Bible does say that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, and and uh, he offers that grace to us today. And so let's uh, let's bow our time of prayer. We just got two or three minutes. Uh, what I do is there any comments or any questions about what we've covered tonight? Hopefully, uh, hopefully it's edifying. But let's uh, let's pray now. And uh, Lord, we do thank you for this uh, study.